0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Chat. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player.
1: Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence.
0: Welcome to Appendix Number 3 for Bonfireside Chat, which is where we read your uh, responses to the area that we talked about in the episode that precedes this. Uh, in this case, it is going to be the Undead Parish and the Lower Berg. Uh, this mm-hmm. is our user interaction. And we're going to introduce kind of a new segment here because we make mistakes. Um, everybody does. It's a proven fact. Um, and we're going to be talking about the uh, uh, our errata, as it were. I am joined here by uh, Gary, as usual. Say hi, Gary.
1: Hi. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was going to make the dumb hi, Gary joke and then thought better of it, but not quite soon enough. <laughs> so, so thus that awkward delivery. <laughs>
0: That's fine. And then uh, sticking around, quite graciously, is uh, uh, and introduce yourself.
2: Oh, Tyler, I'm still here. Hey, you might <laughs> yes. remember me from such podcasts as last week's. <laughs>
1: yeah. You might yeah. remember me from such weeks as last week and yeah. every week preceding that before until I was born. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then what a week nothing. it was. I was the week
0: host.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So why don't we dive into how we were wrong?
1: Yeah. So these are just corrections that came in uh, all through the uh, – well, not all through the Something Awful board, but primarily through that. Um, so first off um, – Coyote, but with a 7 for a T He says Noticed early in that Cole was talking about Dealing with the 3 firebomb dudes And the axe plus sword guys near the bonfire But apparently none of you ever found out That after the first time you get into the room But never for the first time in a playthrough You can take one step onto the little bridge Then roll back step once And let the firebombs come down The shielded sword warrior will then walk through the room Over the bridge to you Making it much simpler to sprint over the bridge And take out the 2 axe guys with a little risk also, Havel's Ring is 50% extra equip load, not 50 pounds. That
0: second one is a legit response. And when I was listening to it, I was kind of like, oh, we messed that up. That first one, it's kind of like
1: talking about the hidden
0: stats in Pokemon.
1: Or, or just like your way of handling the game. Yeah. You know, like there's multiple ways to approach it. Like I, you know, I shot those fire bomb dudes with arrows. Like there's lots of different ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. But you're definitely yeah. right about the Havel's Ring thing. And I feel like even as I was, I was saying it, I knew that that might not be right. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to fake it till I make it. Um,
2: that's all we can do in this biz <laughs> <The> <laughs> so we're,
1: all, we're, we're all sitting around a boardroom table with like glasses of scotch with ice just like you know podcasting and bemoaning what it's like to be an old white guy podcasting
2: <laughs> oh, man. is there any other kind we certainly have it the worst out of any any people group, <laughs> people, group. <laughs> people who have access to the internet and the obligation to get nice mics and record their voice and presume that everyone will want to hear them where's our parade <laughs> um,
1: zombies downfall from something awful says this is well, uh, this is vivian who's going to be on the show oh cool i didn't know that this awesome. is her first time on the show in a way sweet
2: well this isn't i'm still here Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> no, yeah, it's still here. What? No, it's cool. <laughs> Go ahead. Nah, Vivian, I'm sure you'll do great.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel so chastised. Something's making a noise on your end, Cole. I can't quite make it out, but... This, just ignore it. No, that on. was
2: still me. That was still me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
0: I thought that you were like bringing my attention to some kind of audio problem, <laughs> which uh, I was going oh, to rush to fix. A oh,
2: okay. Problem. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just that funny, Skyler.
1: Scrumdrain.
2: Um, so they called me in high school. Oh, it was it was a horror. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just hear the <laughs> Get away from it. <course>.
2: Yeah. I did have I I played I played football for some reason for six <laughs> years, and oh. there was this um very dumb linebacker who the best you could come up with was like hey breadcrumb <laughs> <laughs> you like to be called breadcrumb like I mean no I was, I, don't, I don't mind it that much though <laughs> it's <fine>. like, <laughs> like it's like I'm a
1: gerbil <laughs> or like it's like you're naming your guinea pig can, can we
2: continue this this sports ball exercise.
1: Uh, when I was in high school, uh, during gym class, there would be days where we would just walk the track because gym class is a weird <laughs> outmoded concept. And I would I would read while walking the, the track and all the guys in gym class used to go, hey, book boy. <laughs> <laughs> like as if I like literally grew up in like the town from Deliverance instead of just figuratively. Uh, <laughs> like they, did, they didn't, you know uh, – you know, tie me up and make me squeal like anything after that. But it was definitely, uh, you know, spoke more of them than it did of me and my book boyness.
2: Uh, that reminds me of one of my favorite college stories. One of my friends was moving out um at the end of a semester to head home for a break. And he had a very bright, like vintage red suitcase. And he was walking out of the building. And somebody yelled from the third-story window, and he never saw them. Hey, guy with the suitcase! Nice suitcase! <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like,
1: thanks? This won't entirely devolve into People Yelling Things podcast, but that that reminds me of when I was in high school, and I was walking uh, by this yard, and you know when you're like, young and a boy and you just have this urge to destroy things that are pretty for no reason all of us um, know that
2: except for Vivian yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> um, my, me and my, my, one of my friends Like we, we tore a branch off a tree as we were walking by just because we were dumb little idiots and some lady came out and she was real angry and flustered but obviously couldn't tell what to say and she, as we were walking away she yelled hey thanks for the damage <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez Oh workshop that a little bit. And, like I mean we were idiots. Like it was stupid of us to do it, but not a very good comeback.
0: I had an entirely unremarkable childhood. My name is bland enough that there were no nicknames associated with it. Um I didn't hmm. have very many friends, but very few enemies. Uh so you know. Yeah, wow. yeah, I'm
1: trying to think of a good nickname for you. I mean
0: you can you can assault my character all you want, but there's no like e- there's no readily apparent like play on words.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm going
0: through the
2: alphabet in my head. And I'm not. I'm not <laughs> yeah, I was too. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them are cool, like Boss and Sauce. <laughs> so you take that cookie, more like stole Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't so. People were telling us we were wrong, right? <laughs> yes. Or yes. well, technically, you guys were wrong. Well, I mean, yeah, you <laughs> didn't hear an episode wrong. I wasn't on. So. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> this, this is a wonderful arrangement where the person who is on here will never have to hear the, 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 the slings and arrows of the correct masses uh, unless they want to. Mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> vivian zombies downfall on SA says well the flavor text says that raising your liquid humanity might empower chaos pyromancy and it may even be intended to since uh, chaos pyromancy takes a lot of attunement for minimum uh, uh uses it actually doesn't chaos weapons though uh, including kellogg's fury absolutely and noticeably scale uh that parts right on and makes the pyromancy thing even
2: stranger Oh man, she is really going to be such so much a better guest than I. Am. <laughs> <laughs> she she does know more uh, about this
1: game than we do. Yeah, like yeah,
2: um, yeah. So good
1: good point. I did not realize that the game does tell you that it does it. In my defense, but, but, that's uh, that's
0: why this is the tiny the tiny beings are dude.
1: Yep, exactly. Yep, the game tells you one thing.
0: <laughs> um,
1: Osmotish, uh he says. This is the point where everyone is just notably like correcting us. Like, um, Here's some corrections and additions.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, there's li- a lot of numbers in this one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's mostly huma- the same number, but...
1: <laughs> uh, liquid Humanity does not increase item drop rate above 10. The most significant boost in drop rate is from 0 to 1, which increases by 50%. Liquid Humanity also boosts your regular defenses, resistances, by an amount equal to what 1 point in vitality or attunement would get you. Besides this, it greatly increases Cursed Resistance. You can get up to 10 Liquid Humanity per area from regular enemies besides souls, but only as long as the boss for the area is alive. So to unpack that a little bit, so I think I mentioned the Cursed Resistance. I wasn't mm-hmm. wrong about that. Um, when he's talking about the 10 Liquid Humanity you can get from regular enemies, I didn't know this, but it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, if, so every once in a while when you kill an enemy, you'll randomly get Humanity for it. And he's telling, me, telling us that the limit is 10, but once you kill the boss for that area, you can no longer farm for, for humanity there.
2: Right. So neat. I had no idea about that. Yeah, I was wondering about the random humanity, but that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah. Thanks, mm-hmm. Osmosis Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then Mega Man's Drock Trap says, One of the guests remarked that increasing strength increased the speed of weapon swings. <laughs> this is not correct.
1: My my shameful confession is I knew that at the time, but I didn't want to correct our guest. Ah. <laughs>
2: like, I, I just
1: didn't want to be a be – a, it's dexterity that can do that with casting speed, yeah.
2: um, but it's ba- you know, barely noticeable. Uh, I'm um, still just laughing at the idea of an animated <laughs> Mega Man crotch-esque saying that. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, uh,
1: that's wonderful. <laughs> well, Mega Man's Dwarx swap. <laughs> you've got to correct Gary and Quo. There's
2: Man, that is great, a deep cut. Wow. Yeah. There's some great <laughs> usernames on something awful. Mine's pretty boring. It's Pious Pete, by the way. Nothing connected <laughs> to Tyler or Chrome Run.
1: <sighs> Mine's
2: boring as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, this final one, uh, as far as corrections, is from Sean. He says, regarding fog gates, they really do have a consistent flavor and mechanical purpose. They're separation barriers to keep you from moving between specific areas without intention. The majority of them keep you from bosses or other notable transitions, and they're used to define the outside boundaries of an area. One, to prevent you from accidentally wandering across a boundary zone. Two, to keep PvP focused on specific areas, demarcated by fog gates. And three, to allow boss fights and other events to script properly without you triggering it wrong. As for the flavor, and it's a bit of a muddled mess... But there is a purpose behind them. However, the specifics are a hot topic for debate. So I'll just leave it at the fact that they uh, consistently mean something in narrative terms. Just good luck getting more than two or three people to agree on what. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you're right as far as it being intentional. Right. So, like, it's it's just, I mean, you know, if you're going to go into this area, you're not going to accidentally do it. Or there are these new threats. I'll buy that. Yeah. yeah. Just press a button to proceed. Yep. Um, yeah. As far as the lore stuff, I'd be curious as to what some of those things are. If anybody listening to this has theories or, or has a pet theory, like uh, write us in. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about that. I haven't heard anything about that.
0: I, I, I we, you know, we eat that kind of speculation up. So. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yep. Are they always just chilling behind the fog gate? Like they don't spawn when you go through it. They're already there. Because you were talking about um, just in the episode about flinging the dung piles over <clears> into the area. Is there anything else that you can, like, trick a fog gate with like that? Or am I completely n- incorrect about something?
1: There's something I have to try. Um, and it's it's a boss in the DLC that someone told me you can see him before you go to him. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you can kill him with arrows before you get through. You can. You can? Yep. That's interesting. Mm. And, and probably, like, a thousand times easier in that fucking boss fight. Yep. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's one of the, the hardest in the game. Yeah. Um, huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But uh, just, what, what what really bugs me about those fog gates? And we talked about it in the episode, but uh, just the ones that are just peppered throughout, like even in the parish before you get to the air with the
1: balder with the balder knights.
0: You know, there's mm-hmm. just one right
1: there. Right. 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 If they're supposed to be demarcating PVP zones or anything like that, um, and it's intentional, I think that you know we brought this up in in the last episode, but like, why do they disappear? You know, maybe make it so you don't have to press A to go through them again, but maybe just make them intangible at that point. So there's still PvP zones that you can clearly see, but you don't have to just remember, like, where exactly was this fog gate? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to read one, Tyler?
2: Yeah, yeah. We're on to responses, right?
1: Yeah. So this is people sharing their memories about the areas that we talked about in the episode.
2: This is Vivian via contact, according to the notes. And she says the Capra demon is no great friend of mine, and I think the battle with him is one of only two actually lousy battles in the game. But I figured you'd be deluged, deluged, deluged with Capra comments, trademarked. Good, good form. Oh, see, if this is the same Vivian, ah, uh, you're you're blowing me out of the water. She, here. She's
1: great. She's a great writer. Like she yeah. uh, in the last, like watch out for fireballs. Um, was it uh it wasn't for the, for the music one. Oh, Yoshi's Island. Like, she yeah. knocked out of the park for that one, too. Yeah, for real. So...
2: All I do is send pictures that say, fuck the police. <laughs> so instead, I'll say a few words about something in the parish that may get less attention from either you or the listeners. The parish is where we meet Larek of Karim, one of my favorite characters in the game. His introduction is unique because every prior character is kind of clearly harmless. Oscar's dying. Petrus the priest looks like, th- looks like Humpty Dumpty. Solaire immediately extends an offer of jolly cooperation. And Andre, helpful blacksmith, May as well be a part of the scenery. Larek's different. He's polite enough, but he seems suspicious. He's in a secret cell, but you don't ever find out why, and he offers no explanation. The key that opens the way to him is called the Mystery Key. His armor is ornate and regal, but tarnished. The faceplate of his helm has deep gouges, and it almost looks like it's covered in flecks of blood or grime. Or, my suspicion, had more to do with whatever stranger left an unexplained liar head message on the floor at the entrance to the passage. The consequences of this choice and the outcome of Larek's story are for a later episode. Nope! (laughs) Unless we edit out our discussion of it. But my first meeting with him left a lasting impression. It felt like the game was confronting me with a real quandary for the first time, asking me if I trusted someone. It taught a valuable lesson. Perhaps not everyone in this strange world is who and what they seem. It made me look back on my previous interactions and wonder why I hadn't questioned them. It's a great lesson and a necessary one for anyone who wants to tease out the game's secrets. I definitely agree. I there is some vibes with that dude, that F and laugh. <laughs> but it is it is really neat and it's it definitely made me more wary of the NPCs in general, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as far as who I do and don't trust,
0: it's a question we didn't ask in the in the episode itself, but uh, the you know it, it remains: who locked him there and why? Well, obviously yeah. why, but it, you find that key like you know far flung off, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want do you want to hear? This is a, a totally wild piece of speculation. That I'm just tearing out of my ass. Do it, man, for no no good. That's what we're Gary's here for. has gone wild. <laughs> so this is some lore stuff that you haven't encountered yet, right? So we know that Seath is interested in the parish, and we know he's interested in it, um, at least partly. And we know he's collecting maidens. Mm-hmm. And later he collects one specifically from there, right? Yeah. So what if uh, Lawtrak was locked up there because he killed the firekeeper? And that's why that soul is there, okay. who uh, Seath had designs on or was going to use for his experiments. Eh?
0: Yeah, no, I, I dig it
1: just, just rubbing things together that are all in the same place I'm picking up like, what you're putting down, dude Yeah, I mean, there's no evidence of that, but it might make sense Yeah so, I, I, I have heard worse Much oh, worse Oh, well, thank you <laughs> <laughs> There's that Wiley Chandler yep. um, Yeah, but they, well written and, and thought out as always Yeah So, thank you Gary, why wow. don't you read Sal's comment Alright, Sal says To me, the Undead Parish was the true beginning of the game the large room with the rhino and many spear zombie knights is the game's first true test, it is a microcosm of the entire experience. The first time there, you kind of just stroll in casually and get demolished from all sides by multiple knights and the stampeding shiny beast. It took me at least 8 deaths to get that through that room, but what was great about it was learning a lesson each time. Slowly but surely, I crept upstairs, killing the zombie knights methodically after aggroing one at a time. Then I took out that rhino using firebombs from the bridge above. And the room was finally cleared. The level of thought I put into a single room in Dark Souls was more thought than I put into any other action game in its entirety. The funniest part is, once the room was cleared, it became insanely easy to repeat. I can do that room in my sleep. That's what separates Dark Souls from every other game. Every death is a lesson, and the rewards for thinking ahead and playing carefully are much more satisfying than Souls or any armor set can be. Conquering that room led to the moment I knew I was playing something truly special and unique. Here's to Dark Souls goat uh greatest of all time oh okay nice. yeah i thought he was referring to the Capper demon yeah, here's the dark, here's dark, the dark souls, souls goat. That was that, in the early draft if you get that art book he used to be called the dark souls goat i'm just like don't mind me i just want to eat garbage <laughs> like he, he um, has very
0: sturdy footing on mountains
2: well yes. he is right on the other end of a little bridge so and he will
1: eat whatever <laughs> shit you throw into into his cage so um but yeah again well uh well thought out and well written
0: yes thank you very much sal mm-hmm. yeah
1: um hugh
0: who wrote in via the contact page me?
2: Says, <laughs> hugh <laughs> ah, just oh you mean uh, me it has just to be a little, uh, just a little dad joke for you it has to be your bowl
0: <laughs> yes no so, so dad jokes aside hugh says uh <laughs> we're gonna edit this just a little bit um I just started playing Dark Souls again uh, because of Bonfireside Chat, which I heard of due to Jick slash Zack and Kingdom of Loathing. Uh, It says, Regarding the parish, Solaire is pretty easy to miss. He doesn't stand out well uh, on that balcony. Uh, The boar seems to mostly depend on if you think you should fight fair. Uh, though I've seen and heard too much about it to be unbiased. The skulls are a bit unclear and hard to aim, but certainly useful. The balders you start to meet, especially the early one uh, with a rapier slash estoc, are a real step up in gameplay, I think. But great fun if you don't get stuck or mobbed. After getting to the main hall of the church, I wasn't sure if the ominous figure was friend or foe. Then whilst checking out a bloodstain, a blue bolt of fire flew straight down at me. Uh, <laughs> what's up? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was some kind of don't be hollow in the holy ground effect.
1: That's interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Wow.
0: Huh. So I backed off and dithered until I went in and saw the sorcerer. Uh, I could get a lock on him, but uh, luckily he jumped... Uh, down to continue the fight. Uh, I end this rambling with a final question. As a bandit, I am still in my starting gear, which seems reasonably balanced uh, between protection and weight, except for one thing: I have zero poise. How bad a plan is this? Um, yeah,
1: so good. depends. Like you can you can do a no poise thing, and you can get a ring that will add a decent amount of poise um, fairly early in the game. Yeah. Um, but I think it's harder to do kind of a dex dodgy playthrough on the first playthrough. Yeah, personally.
0: For for, for those of you not in the in, in the know, um, poise is the stat that determines whether or not your attacks can be interrupted by enemy enemy attacks. Yeah. So
1: I probably wouldn't. I mean, the, the battle axe you start with is great. Yeah. Like that's if you like the move set, stick with it because it'll serve you well through the whole game. But the um, the armor, it's probably you know there are probably better light armors to use. Yeah. And then, uh, but I mean, the real answer is anything you think that the looks cool. Like, if you're willing to put the the time in developing the skills to dodge, like you can do it with zero poise. Yeah. Like I just did my first zero poise beating the game fairly recently, mm-hmm. and uh, it's definitely yeah. possible. Yeah. So, so. The, 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 that notion of
0: like you, you know the environment itself punishing you for walking into the, and there being hollow,
1: I like that a lot. I'm surprised it didn't happen in the game. <laughs> like they never like humanity and, and hollowness only plays into the multiplayer. Like it never. Mm-hmm. There are no environmental hazards based on it or anything like yeah.
0: that. That'd be pretty frustrating, though, if you didn't know that that's what was causing it. It was just kind of like, okay, so I just die instantly every time I walk in here. It'd be like Captain Novelin. The <laughs> there are,
1: first level
2: of Captain Novelin. Are there characters that talk to you differently depending on if you're hollow or not? Yep. yep. Okay, because that's that was the only thing that I started to notice when I was chatting with folks and things like that. I was like, oh, maybe this will play in later on, but I don't want... To risk being human all the time,
1: yeah, so, someone might like scream and correct me about this, but I think it has no mechanical changes. I don't okay. think there's anybody who will only do something if you talk to them if you're human, but they do have a little flavor commentary, yeah, based on it
0: the the crestfallen uh uh warrior if you're if you walk up to him when you're hollow, you know he has a nice little bit saying, "Oh, look at your face, you're very near you're very nearly hollow, but uh then yeah. again, being hollow would solve a lot of problems, wouldn't it,
1: yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then the uh, same thing with uh, uh, Petrus, and uh, when you when first run into Petrus, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you want to read David Ritchie's,
2: Tyler? Yeah. On my very first playthrough, I had watched a little bit of Geops LP before I got the game. So the Capper Demon I actually beat on my first attempt. Wow. The Gargoyles, though, I used all three of the Lightning Pine Resins on the Balder Swag Sword. Nice. <laughs> on my first three attempts. After using the last one and dying, I thought to myself, this is, abso- this is absolutely ridiculous, and nearly gave up. Here I am now, three playthroughs later, where I can kill the Gargoyles in about 30 seconds. Way to go, man. Boom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't
1: know that let's play.
2: There's a lot of the let's plays of this game I watch, but I don't know Geop
0: Yeah, it's um... G E O P for the mm-hmm. listeners. Yes, if you would like to look for that on the on the on the on the tubes, I kind of hate this guy for having the Balder side sword this early.
1: I, I find them too but I never find them when I'm doing a dex build yeah so that, that, I've gotten a couple of Alder side swords in my in my career that's kind of
0: like the Titanite catch pull or the uh, or the Channeler's, Channeler's Trident yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah yeah words guys yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know that uh, Andre of Astora has two baller side swords just leaning against his wall. Yep, um, as part of the background, <laughs> it sucks.
0: I, I, trust me, I know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I want that sword so bad. I've literally never gotten one. Yeah. yeah, it's a good sword, but any yeah. dex heavy sword will will do you just fine. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and that lightning pine resin, like it's good on you for using that. Like it, I always have like kind of good, good too good to use syndrome. With that yeah. like I use it on I use it on the first boss because I'm doing almost no damage, and I use it on the gaping dragon because the gaping dragon has about like, you know, twice as many hit points as it should.
2: Yeah. So I get into that trap with <laughs> souls or humanity too now. Mm-hmm. Now that I know what it actually does, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I could go human and let people summon me into their game so that I can farm some extra souls and be a good human being and stuff like that. Or maybe I should hoard these for the next time I have a boss that is impossible without co-op. Yeah,
1: Yep, yeah. And and later play th- when you get a little bit more confident in the game and you know where all the secrets are. Like I always end up with like twenty or thirty humanities just sitting yeah. around. Like, and I summon people for help and everything like that. So it's like you can you'll find them eventually. It's just kind of one of those things where the first playthrough, you know, you don't know where they're all at and you're maybe using them a little willy nilly. But on some sequent playthroughs, it's not really a limited resource. Um, yeah um, so Randall Thiel says uh, the undead parish was a real turning point for me in Dark Souls from the tower Night on it seemed like every corner in the parish had a new configuration of enemies I had no preparation for it seemed like the game just wanted to get rid of me when I poked the gargoyles down to half health with my puny spear and a new one flew down and toasted me <laughs> but, I, read, I read online that I could summon Solera and Lautrec but when I revived a human form, a guy in Havel's armor invaded and ganked me before I got to the church entrance. <laughs> uh, yeah. That would have been the end of my Dark Souls experience if I hadn't read a tip in the something awful thread that I could take an alternate route to another area to get a really, really great ring and a set of armor. I don't think it was just the items that gave me a chance though. That what changed my outlook on Dark Souls, or that changed my outlook on <clears throat> that changed my outlook on Dark Souls. From that point, if I ran into a brick wall of difficulty, I backtracked and tried a different route or a different area. Even if I couldn't get too far into places like the Graveyard or the Valley of the Drakes, I could still poke around the entrance and get new items and more soul levels. Yeah. Exactly what you should do. Suicide runs.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing to lose, everything to gain.
2: Yep. 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 And it is pretty satisfying when you get an item there are like, ah, I'm kind of sequence breaking here. <laughs> totally. Like a, yeah, I'm, I'm so, cool. So yeah. Yep. i'm a cool video game guy <laughs> is there any other kind yeah no yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> am i right video game friends? Uh, yeah uh, how about it all the girls who want to date me <laughs> no, sorry i can't talk on my telephone right now doing a podcast <laughs>
1: about dark souls sit down and let me explain it to you it's gonna take a long time it's gonna be real interesting for you <laughs> listen it all started with king's field you know what a king is right baby
0: don't bother with the door it's locked um <laughs> <laughs> oh sam Anderson via facebook says In what would turn out to be an unfortunate theme for my playthrough, I eventually managed to slash my way through the entire parish up till that courtyard outside the church. I glanced down a strange wooded path, uh, looked at my empty Estes flask, and decided to play it safe and go all the way back to the bonfire beneath the Drake's Bridge to level up. Mm -hmm. That path, of course, was to the next bonfire. (laughs) <laughs> playing yeah. again with Games for Windows Live, activated, and seeing the plethora of orange signs has been a revelation for how much easier that would have made it.
1: Yeah. The orange signs are crazy important. Yeah, like the necessary.
2: Yeah. Like, play, otherwise, play, play online. Otherwise, you're going to have a wooden bridge fall out right behind you, yeah. <laughs> somewhere near and you, you. Never would have known. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I made it. <laughs> I was pretty satisfied with myself until I found out that it was a completely pointless task that I had succeeded at.
0: I'm so sorry that we crushed your world. It would have been so much better if you just would have continued thinking that was a
1: thing. No, yeah, it's we fine. would to send out like awesome. a private RSS feed where it's like, everybody, don't tell everyone in the world, don't tell Tyler. He'll be crushed.
2: Now, the tone of the podcast matches the tone of the games, just completely self-esteem crushing.
1: <laughs> yeah, take that. Um... <clears throat> Be of liars. Um, watch out for liar balls. Um, is it? Is it me? <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, it's Tyler. It's okay.
2: Tyler. No, it's oh, you. Tyler. Ah, I think it's Cole. Right? I just did. No, it. Cole, Cole just did one. <laughs> what the f? Hey, <laughs> right. whatever. You're up, Tyler. Ah. Sorry, folks at home. You're probably getting furious right now. All right, <laughs> this one's from Dustin Stetler. Thank you, Dustin, who says my jaw struck the floor. Harder than Havel's erection when he first took me by surprise. hey Wankity, wankity. <laughs> <laughs> While realizing how intricately linked upper to lower Berg is, it's deceiving how the dangerous heights, gaps, and blurred backdrops make Dark Souls appear very linear. In fact, the entire game reminded me of my first playthrough of the Resident Evil 2 police station. All of those locked offices and hallways woven into perfection. It's just too bad that tougher enemies don't appear in the berg later on the way that the hunters revamped the resident evil mansion i'm talking about just before you move on to new game plus but i guess that would take away from the static chessboard layouts of the game oh chessboard layout. that's that's a cool way of thinking of it yeah. which i noticed in demon souls that was the first type of game to do that and it was a love hate thing amongst my friends some like the trial and error approach and some thought it was boring because the enemies acted the same way every time. What do you guys think? Yeah, he doesn't have that voice. <laughs> I was, you're you Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah um, um, I, I like the idea of that, but you're but but you're right. It would kind of take away from the from the predictability of uh, 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 of the game. Um, I, I, I can kind of look at the bridge story from the, you know, from the main episode. I, I like thinking of creative ways that the game could be more of a dick slap, but mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, just, uh, I don't know. Great, great, and great in concept. I don't know if it could be executed well. That yeah, may be a different it, game.
2: Yeah. The one, one static thing we talked about is the, the bonfire that disappears. Yes. Like, I feel like that <laughs> ups the difficulty some. Um, I don't know how many more moments there are like that.
0: Yeah. It, it it would succeed on kind of the same level, like the like the great thing about that bonfire disappearing is Firelink is no longer your safe haven, your shrine, and it's almost a survival horror like element where you just lose all sense of security. Like what else that you take for granted can be taken away from you, mm-hmm. right? So maybe if there was more of that, this would become more of a survival horror g- game, almost. Be still my heart, but
1: um, yeah, yeah, I, I I wouldn't want enemies appearing. And you know, in new new enemies appearing in old areas. Yeah, because um, I mean, so much of the game is about going back to old areas and mastering them. Yeah, you know, so it, it would it maybe add to the replayability. But the game is big enough. Yeah. Not playability; it'd be like a padding out the length kind yeah. of thing. I feel like um, you know, being able to breeze through those areas like it's nothing is part of the fun. Mm-hmm. I and yeah.
0: it, it would really have to be played into the lore too. Like you couldn't just swap out the the Hollow Warriors for Balder Knights or something in the in the burg. Right. It would be kind of like, oh, after you complete the quest line with, uh, with 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 Petrus, then all of a sudden, um, the the parish is overrun with like Seath's
1: agents or something like that.
0: Right, right, right. Or right. or after you, you know, just like just like any of those kind of things. So it would turn into a Mega Man X kind of scenario. Right. Well,
1: what it would do is it would change the storyline from being one that's like indirect to one that happens in. In front of you, yeah. Because there's there's very few storyline elements that you actually see. Like earlier in or the last episode or the main episode, I was talking about how it's like a a world that's transitioning, but you're kind of coming across it in a static spot. Yeah. So you know you move some things forward, but you just see all the action that came before, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the actual agency you have to move the story forward is relatively limited. Like you're not doing huge world changing things, right? For the most part, like (laughs) you you ring that bell and the parish stays the parish, you know. Um so. hmm.
0: it'd be yeah. it'd be a cool game, but a different game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean there yeah, there's totally still a way you could do it. Yeah. Um I just think it would be choosing one or the other. Yep.
2: So if you um, made this game different, it'll be a different game. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. That no problem. Thing we just said. Um, you're <laughs> <right>. No, <laughs> it different it, different it all makes different. sense. Um, I'm just I'm just yeah, cause you chain you podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a low-hanging
1: chain. A low, um, so, so Zachary says, uh, <clears throat> the bonfire across from the bell tower was littered with mixed messages right before entering the building. At this point, you have no idea what a blacksmith is. So it's very easy to be overcautious. The mini boss was su- it g-
2: if it was trying to get me to leave. It was just <laughs> a lot of mixed messages. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the miniboss was surprisingly easy because I'd already figured out backstabbing. But if you haven't seen the Firekeeper for Firelink, the prize for beating him seems pretty strange. Um, chopping off the Gargoyle's tails was super satisfying, but I'm sure other people have better stories on them. Not, not really, I think we just kind of talked over, you know, that happens accidentally a lot of the time. Um, learning that the Tainite Demon right outside of Andre's room was something that I had to run past instead of kill right now was confusing for me. Also, as for the Lowerburg, I happened to be human in time for the boss fight, so Capra-Ezen, Capra Demon was accidentally trivialized for me. And for some reason, the tower that led to the aqueduct shortcut was super intimidating to me. So I got partway through the sewers before getting to that. Huh. Um, so I guess he summoned help for Capra.
0: Yeah. Which you can do. Um, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if that has like an impact. If you just die instantly from the, from the dogs and, and whatnot, but having somebody there to, uh, to help you deal with
1: that, you know, because it is a two stage kind of thing uh, would help. Yeah. I've, I've done some, some sunbrewing on Capra and I usually just go up and engage Capra and let him lock onto me and, you know, block yeah. his shots and yeah. let the whoever's playing do whatever they need to do.
2: Right. Uh, I don't think we talked much about chopping off the gargoyle tail. But that was something that I didn't realize I could do in that fight. But did later on in the game when I encountered another gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Would have been yep. nice if I did that sooner. <laughs> and also, I understand what you mean about being um, intimidated by the tower leading to the aqueduct sh- uh, shortcut. Actually, the only reason why I found that shortcut is because when you are in the area that has the couple of weird ramps and stuff and the door that goes into the depths, I kept hearing a archer somewhere. Like I <laughs> oh, knew there was an archer somewhere, and I kept like getting the sound cue of an arrow clinking off a wall somewhere. I was like, where... What, what in the world is that? And so I actually ran all the way up that tower without seeing the archer somehow, and <laughs> got into the aqueduct. But I just kept like having this sneaking suspicion that there was an enemy somewhere around me. What, what is that archer doing there from a
1: gameplay perspective? Like, is anybody challenged by that? Is that ever like even by that point in the game? Is that even remotely difficult? Does he, Has he it, have are, any of you guys hero? even been hit by him? No. no. Just yeah. kind
2: of hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, wait, just standing
1: on a platform shooting arrows. Yeah. Like, he Love was he was, too.
0: <laughs> he was useless, so the hollow generals just kind of put him in a low traffic area so he wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, hurt them too much. He's,
1: I, he's playing right field? Yeah. Yeah. Or is Good. it left field? I don't actually know enough about baseball. I right, just know right. that there's one position that, you know, yeah, right
0: field? Yeah, right field's kind of junk.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was usually um, first string left out for <laughs>
0: baseball. Yeah, I was in right field, so that's why I know it's junk. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the, 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 that shortcut ends up being pretty useful because, as far as areas go, the depths is uh, um, probably one of the more
1: far out there in terms of accessing it.
2: It's totally far out, dude. Y- yeah. Far out
1: there? You, what do you mean it's far out there in terms of accessing it? Like uh, the 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 only
0: so so you, so you could get there from the uh, fr- from the um, berg, um, mm-hmm. y- y- you know you know fire. Um, yeah. When, when you unlock that door from the other side, that's relatively okay, but it puts you on the other on the other side of the berg, so you have to go through the thieves. If you use that shortcut, all you have to do is go up to the aqua Oh, yeah. And then fight that one useless right field archer, and then you're like right by the right by the berg. Yeah. So and if yeah. you don't
1: have, I mean, we we'll talk about this in the depths. But if you don't have the master key, too, it's a long time before you get to the the bonfire in the depths. Right. So you're kind of fucked in that that way too. So
0: yeah. So our final comment comes from Anthony via Facebook, who says, My Lureberg story is that when I met the Capper Demon for the first time, I was so intimidated that I spent the next twelve hours of the game exploring Dark Root instead. Which as yep. we discussed in the main episode is <laughs> I hear you, Anthony. It's the yep. it's it's the it's the uh, the, 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 the
1: uh, usual way the universe works. It's yep. also it's the wrong way.
2: <laughs> no,
1: there's there's no wrong ways. No. <laughs> Not in Dark Souls. Yeah um real quick i don't know if because i didn't talk about it during the episode i just wanted a place to mention this and i don't know if, if either of you guys are interested in this you said what your uh games for windows live name was cool so you can get summoned um i've been doing some of my sun and uh had a character i did a bunch near the uh the parish and uh so my my games for windows live name is bretzel kremlo um i probably won't respond to friend requests on there because i'm only on there to play dark souls i don't do social media in that way really but if you see me, summon me, because I've got unemployed Solaire, who is fat, pantsless Solaire, who <laughs> follows you into the Gargoyle's boss fight, and then stands at the end and cheers. <laughs> and that's it. And it's awesome. And like it's, it's, I, shouldn't, I guess I shouldn't have spoiled it on the podcast in case anybody gets that, but I have had a lot of fun just not uh, helping anybody <laughs> and just emoting on the side, like, I'm too tired to fight. But <laughs> You keep good job um, until they die. And then, so if and, uh, you're playing
2: the game and want somebody to not help.
1: It I think it probably is encouraging. Like if you imagine like a chubby, jolly Solaire at the you know at the side of the, the roof, just kind of doing the hurrah motion over <laughs> and over, um, I think that you'd probably feel and then after you win, like the I <laughs> it's so shitty that only one person has won after I did this. Um <laughs> and I, I did I did they can't, you know. Uh, ran towards me and I did the shrug and I was real happy with how that whole thing played out. <laughs> hey, I'm sleepy. I don't want to do this. Solaire's had some beers. <laughs>
0: uh, so, no. so, so, so fallen on some hard times, but they can't break his spirit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's still looking for the sun. He'll just look for it tomorrow.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he man. gets knocked down, but he gets up again. <laughs> yeah. Thank huh? you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so that's <laughs> so the song by From <laughs> uh, <Jesus>.
0: Duh <laughs> Yeah. My 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 Xbox Live username I play on Xbox at Song for the Deaf, which is the same name I use for everything. Yeah.
1: So, have fun. You feel you like that. getting summoned, Tyler? P Dunkadelic. Oh
0: yeah, you're
2: in are <laughs> yep. Awesome.
0: Yep, Ooh. so if you see our signs,
1: that's that that, that that that's us. You'd have to be blind to miss them. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so I think that's it for the, the errata and contribution portion. Now we will probably have some deleted scenes after this, I guess. I'm guessing. <laughs> they're so zany and wacky. Yeah, you know. Podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's all just scenes where one of us makes a comment and they're holding a sandwich. And then by when we make the comment again, we're not holding the sandwich. <laughs> so see if you can figure out which ones.
0: Uh, you have to have the video feed to really play that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you enjoy that and you would like to participate, all the usual channels we talked about in the regular episode, Facebook, the contact, comments on the blog post, any of those mm-hmm. kind of things, uh, just shout out, shout it into the universe and we will likely hear it. So- yep.
1: And comments on the depths, please. I want to hear about the same way I was like, I want to hear a thousand stories about uh, Havel. I didn't get that. But I do <laughs> want to hear a thousand stories about basilisks. So please watch out for basilisks and tell us everything you can about those googly eyed motherfuckers (laughs) so we can read it out loud in the next uh, appendix episode yeah
0: as we said at the beginning this episode is brought to you by audible.com for you our dear listeners audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com slash bonfireside chat again that's audibletrial.com slash bonfireside chat for your free audiobook
2: I was pretty proud of the status I came up uh, with for Skype while I was waiting for you guys. Uh, Bark Souls, (laughs) prepare to lie down edition. (laughs) (laughs) Bark Souls, shut up and die. Yeah. Yeah. God, wait, what?
0: Mm. (sighs) No. Bit
2: bit of a stretch. No, it's (laughs) fine. No, it's fine. You were workshopping it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this is a safe place. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming <laughs>
2: except that you'll, one. You'll yeah. revive. No, uh, you know, <laughs> I just tried to, you know, run and be like, Oh, there's gotta be some kind of like instant win for all of these bosses. Right. And it never really happened again.
1: That's not true. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. there are, there are some instant wins and they're real cool. Like, uh, marker, I guess so you can you can edit. Even though I didn't leave you a marker, I just jumped right in. Take that, Cole. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can do that with the uh, the iron gold on top of Sun's Fortress. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You can, if you attack his leg he'll lose his balance and uh and, and can fall off. And then there's an instant win for um, oh for somebody you haven't fought yet. So I won't I uh, won't mention that. But there are two other bosses that have instant wins.
2: Yeah. Well I I guess I'll just Keep keep goofing these bosses, then see if I can figure out which one it is. Be more goofus and less like gallant. It's (laughs) it's it's weird because you can't tell what's a
0: crutch and what is a legitimate example of like oh I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you know
1: it's it's not a crutch if you discover it yourself. Yeah, right. So like if you Mm -hmm. just happen upon it, that's awesome Mm -hmm. and good on you. Like uh, the later boss, the one that Tyler hasn't been to yet. So Cole knows what I'm talking about. um, That I did. Like I didn't fact that. Like I beat him the non-standard way and it just happened naturally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's incredible. Yeah. Like it, you know, it was super, super awesome. But <laughs> if you're just kind of like, you look up to how to beat him and, and the fact tells you, oh, here's a way that you can do it really cheaply. And then you do it. Then it's kind of a crutch.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the I way I do it is I had no awesome. idea
2: if anyone else did it though or if <laughs> I just was like, uh, Dark Souls? <laughs> <laughs> still, still with me? <laughs> <laughs> All right then.
0: I get All lost right. in this etymology stuff. Oh well.
2: We're back, a dinosaur story. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: Oh, and I'm sorry if and you we hear are back. a little bit of noise earlier. My drag queen roommate came in for a minute to grab some costume stuff I, while we're recording. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Alright. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool cool. <laughs> Stealth drag. <laughs>
0: uh, it's pretty. It's quick. very true. He's, he, he got in and out pretty quick. You could say he's a drag racer.
2: Ooh. <laughs> oh, pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, not, we'll, not too
0: we'll, bad. We'll allow it. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of <laughs> lot of wigs, a lot of heels in my room. Huh? It's 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 a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you want to do the errata in the episode proper or in the uh, or in the appendix?
2: Well, we did That's- the erotica I think it's not- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
0: sorry let me let me reconnoiter myself here because I knocked my pop filter out of the way All right.
1: Your what my pop filter oh yeah. I thought you, you, you call it a like, soda filter where you're from?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said like poplifer or something. I was, I, was, I was picturing like a popcorn popper. <laughs> oh, oh, man, <laughs> recording in style over there. <laughs> surprised i didn't hear any of the munchin.
1: you don't have you don't have a a source of fresh corn just, just a big pile of fresh fluffy corn while you're no, recording still getting
2: I'm, the hang of this whole podcasting thing i've
1: got a i've got we a call fauc- popcasting. <laughs> i've got a faucet Delicious. right next to my right next to my computer that has hot and cold running popcorn it has hot and cold running butter solution <laughs> they just just pour.
0: the cold doesn't run too well it's pretty viscous
1: yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it, just, it, it is just, kind of Imagine bleh. the slime from Ghostbusters 2 yeah. that comes out of the bathroom sink. Yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> ugh. Also, uh, just like the last time I was on a Duck Feed show, I have been nodding vigorously at different points <laughs> throughout this only to stop myself realizing that you cannot see me (laughs) and neither can anyone hear me. (laughs) There's so much affirmation going on here in Pittsburgh. Tyler
1: Crumrine sits alone in a room and nods. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Tyler Crumrine story. (laughs) (laughs) It's a frustrating area, but it's not something that you would have run into, you know, in, uh, in, in dark souls and same thing with the mind, you know, the
2: minds like the, uh, this thing for stone mm-hmm. Um Yeah. I'm, so, I'm back by the way. I just didn't know if you guys were doing real talk or not. I just got back a little um, bit ago. <laughs>
1: we're talking about our, our feelings. Yes.
2: Oh, cool. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt guys.
1: <laughs> just be,
0: just be silent until we tell you to talk again. That's cool. Okay. Don't cool. Worry. cool. We're, we're not offended.
1: Do like a one-off episode on 3d game dot heroes <laughs> or other, you know, from soft, uh, you know, Misadventures,
2: yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, realize that they did that game too. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those ones. It was it was, it was developed by From and then um, Ethan Frome, yes. And then it was uh, published <laughs> by uh, Atlas. Yeah.
2: Yep. Ethan Frome, the movie Operation Death Sled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to put there that <laughs> is there is a movie. I, I watched it in high school after we read the book of Ethan Frome. And, like, there are those blurbs on the back, like, reviews from different publications and stuff. Mm. And there is a glowing review from Playboy magazine. Like, <laughs> doesn't talk about it as an erotic story. Barely even talks about it as a love story. But it's just kind of like, this is a movie that, you know, was beautiful and has movie stuff in it and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like Playboy magazine. And it... Yeah. blew my mind that is like
0: that, that that is something that the teenage mind is like specifically honed to like just like just latch onto. yeah you see the yeah. words yeah yeah yeah
2: that and i read um what what play was it i think it was sing um playboy of the western world i was like this is, this is nothing about like <laughs> This this is completely This is just just a bunch of sad Irish people (laughs) (laughs) This
0: this is nothing about Centerfolds and how to How to pick the best pipe tobacco Hmm.
1: What what if it was a story About like an anthrop Like not anthropomorphic but like a specific Issue of Playboy and it was kind of like a war horse scenario Where like (laughs) it showed its trials And tribulations throughout the western world Like a Forrest Gump before a magazine (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I read the articles. (laughs)
0: It's it, So So, so the, the, the magazine is a consistent prop, and it's passed from father to son, and then it goes on this fantastic voyage as it is passed from hand to hand. And you see how it touches everybody's individual life until it comes back to him on his deathbed, and he recalls the good times he had with his father before, ultimately. And
2: you see how a turning of the page in one hemisphere causes an earthquake in another. It's very butterfly. It's been. kind of like Crash.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end, after the father dies, at the end, there's this big, bold, white letters that says, racism bad. <laughs> and, then, and then credits. Guys, you're still not all about racism, are you? <laughs> Stop are it. Are not convinced? 40 million people are killed by racism every day.
2: And Cole, you're in Cincinnati. Gary, you are? I'm, I'm West Coast. And- West Coast. That's, are yeah. you? Are in you- uh, Portland. Portland? That's what I
1: thought. yeah Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. It's five thirty for me.
0: Oh wow. <laughs> it is it's
1: it is it is eight thirty here. What happens in the future?
0: Um I can give you a lot of numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's I also have a sports almanac you might find quite <laughs>
1: intriguing.
0: Yeah, we'll have our la la, Ooh pass la. la. And ride around uh,
2: hoverboards. Yeah. so it's
0: pretty great. It's crazy. My uncle worked on the set of Back to the Future 2, but, uh, you know, they, they had to, you know, stop but you the know, hoverboard. No big, no big deal. No big so. deal, you know. They, they, they had to take all the hoverboards away, uh, you know, after one of the kids died on it. But I got to ride it. It's no big deal. My other uncle works at Nintendo.
1: Re- real talk. <laughs> I watched meant- the beginning of uh, Back to the Future 3 for the first time on yeah. Sunday. That movie is such a ridiculous tonal shift. Oh, God. Yeah. From the other God. ones, because the second one is like crazy dark. And then the third one, all of a sudden is just barn. You know, <laughs> it's so fucking goofy. Like, it, <laughs> I, I just I was really surprised by by how silly that movie is. Yeah. Like dance. <laughs> That's like, one of the first scenes. <laughs> what? People don't do that. That's not a thing. <laughs> it's
0: it, it's like if the past was actually made up of Western stereotypes. Yeah, it's like
2: he, all right. This first one, we're kind of, kind of, we're gonna kind of ease into it. Sexual tension with his mom. All right. <laughs> Second one, uh, confront your own demons. Kind of learn to hate yourself. All right. Cool. Cool. Third one. Oh, we have fun around here. Let's do a western. <laughs> it's like it's like
1: they're Ewoks. It's like a, it's like a Star Wars thing. Like
2: yeah. what,
1: if you shoot at someone's feet to try to make them dance, you're just going to shoot them in the foot, and then they can't dance. It's <laughs> counter to what you want. Don't do it, Biff, Mad Dog, Tannen. <laughs> Even if though I, I do think that's his best performance out of the three.
2: Oh, yeah. If I ever get in a, a shootout, I'm going to be so set with that boilerplate under my shirt.
1: Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, I watched – because it, it was part of a marathon, so I watched the second one again too. And the joy that old future you know Emperor Biff has at that <laughs> boilerplate He's <laughs> like, ah, bulletproof vest. Ah! He just <laughs> thinks it's so hilarious. <laughs> just like the way that nobody ever would. Uh it is ridiculous. Worst performance. Old Future be- <laughs> Best performance? Mad Dog Tannen
0: one one of my favorite YouTube videos is uh somebody taking the uh the end of Back to the Future one and Back to the Future Two and syncing them up.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with all the, the synchronicity of like how they, they plan that for that big finale. Yeah, yeah, that's astonishing. Uh, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> it's neat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm one of these weirdos who like with those '80s movies, like the the second sequ- or the first sequel, you know, almost uniformly better than the originals. And uh, Back to the Future two stands up as this, a ridiculous uh, achievement in speculative fiction.
2: Yeah. Have you watched that Cracked video about how um, the Back to the Future universe universe is secretly terrifying? Mm. It's. It's, it goes into some really weird stuff about, like, just, you know, what kind of parents would, like, the father, if he saw this person who wound up looking exactly like his son, you know, <laughs> preventing his his future wife from being raped, you know, if he might have some suspicion when she names their kid after him, um, why in the world they keep uh, Biff around if he <laughs> tried to uh to rape his wife in the first place as this neutered like manservant um <laughs> all of the racial appropriation yeah and that like oh the the black man you know he's told that he could be the mayor of the town someday so it's only the white man who inspires him to achieve that goal yeah. or that um uh chuck Steele or whoever actually you know, stole it from a white man who stole it from him. So racism loops, it's all crazy. (laughs) Is it one,
1: is it the series where it's the people like sitting around in a diner?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Zemeckis. (sighs) Man, I need to go back and watch those. It's been a long time. I watch these movies in cycles.
1: It's a, it's a dead genre, right? Like, so like the, uh, the comedy, sci-fi mashup kind of thing like mm-hmm. the go like you have that tone so like the groundhog day ghostbusters back to the future gremlins you, kind
0: of thing would you call groundhog day a uh, a uh, 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 a sci-fi
1: no i guess not it's more like a like what what would happen if french philosophers were sitting around <laughs>
0: yeah late yeah, you know, yeah like groundhog a day is, a, is, that, is but... it's a movie from the 1930s that was made in the 80s you know
1: uh, kind of, i i don't know i don't know like the 30s like what i i don't know if i well, if i with you on that
0: one i just like the, that that weird introspective philosophical kind of thing that only happened after the haze code came in and they're like oh man what the hell do we can can we do you know you know, you know? yeah yeah i mean yeah. I,
1: I i suppose I, like i think of it as more of like a precursor to like a charlie kaufman yeah kind of
0: yeah. thing i i i love it that like like groundhog day is like one of my favorite movies ever.
1: yeah i i also love it
2: yeah um, the diehard movies have stayed pretty close to the whole, like, we're going to have a lot of action, but we're also going to have this kind of self-aware hero who throws a lot of quips around. Mm. Yeah. They've done an all right job with that, which I those are, are the, the greatest. Ones. They are the greatest Christmas movies, by the way. Oh, The yeah. vast majority of them happen on Christmas. Agreed. I was, uh, uh, Scrooged. Gremlins. Scrooged.
1: But- Scrooged. I
0: like Gremlins right? I like
2: Scrooge.
1: Scrooged. Yeah. I like Scrooged, though, too. Yeah.
0: I I'm just a I'm an undying uh, Bill Murray fan. So Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh man, my my pet project, I really want to do a podcast <laughs> where I go back through the entire catalog of Bill Murray films and release them on Tuesdays and have it be Tuesdays with Murray. <laughs> <laughs> like when I have enough free time that's going to be my side project that's a good idea <laughs> that is
0: a really good idea
2: you let me know when you get to Operation Dumbo Drop <laughs> yeah. oh man I completely forgot about that movie I forgot oh, he was in that was <laughs>
1: oh
2: didn't it have Ray Liotta in it uh yeah okay. really that had odd. In it. oh man oats. that totally existed <laughs>
0: Had Rhea and uh, and uh, Dennis Leary in it.
1: Fuck yeah! What oh. is Dennis Leary doing there? <laughs> God, he's, he's just he's all sad at the end of Saturday Night Live. No one's hugging him, and then some exec just <laughs> walks up. And he's just like, "Hey, Dennis, <laughs> I know where you can get lots of lots of love. Have I and, got the role for you? I got the role for you." And he's just like, "Well, nobody." Likes me here. Mine, <laughs> my, I've been sleeping in my car for two weeks.
0: <laughs> You've got That's all ugh. the mileage that you can off of stealing Bill Hicks's material and <laughs> uh, rescue me is a decade <laughs> off. What of it?
2: Yep. Uh, yep, yep. Huh. There's also the dad in something? Is he the dad in Sandlot?
0: Oh, man,
2: he might. I, I saw don't...
0: I saw the Sandlot so long ago that I can't remember it. I didn't know that. He...
2: That is a wonderful movie that has one of those laughably awful um, straight little
1: fat t- kid t- goalies. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh,
2: I love the fat sports kid. That is my one of my favorite movie tropes. It gave me so much hope as a child. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I, hate, I, maybe I can knuckle puck.
1: Maybe it's because he's re- his hair and his little freckles yeah. might be what the combination. But I think that kid looks fucking obnoxious. We've, <laughs>
0: they're, they're, we, we've, like, deca- we've declared a fatwa against that guy, right? <laughs>
1: Like, a, he might he might grow up to win like a, a water ski race with a well timed fart in like a later like movie, and that's the career trajectory he's on. Yeah. But until then, he has no love for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he he made the circuit though. Like wasn't he in Little Giants too? Ah, oh, fuck. We <laughs> my uh my my, my stepdad for for, for for as long as I have been cognizant of anything, he's been a movie bootlegger. Mm, nice. And um and and <laughs> yeah, it's a great hobby. Op- to see him just like, you know, just every, every Thursday going to the going to the movie rental store in the front of the Kmart and uh, him renting movies and then coming back and watching him copy them and adding them to his hoard. No, no, but but like all of these all of these movies are, are, are like like they're there are associations because they were on the same tape. You know, because mm. because if you put them in LP mode, then you can fit two movies on the same, you know, blank tape. Mm-hmm. Right, so you know, for for us, he did Sandlot on one side and Little Giants on the others. You know, know, Rick Moranis, you know, current current country music
2: star.
1: Yeah, the double features exactly. Yeah, it's a a drive-in in in your own home.
2: Yeah, teenage set up a blanket for. That's an Uh. evening of fun. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Sting. Yes. Oh (laughs) sure. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because why not? (laughs) Explains
1: a lot. (laughs) it was all one big grift
2: (laughs) splinter you wily bastard you the uh
1: uh my ex-wife her uh her dad used to movie bootleg and we were hanging out in their office where they had all of them he had all these binders where he had cataloged like which movies were on each tape yeah and on each binder he had written this little like blurb that he had clearly written himself for the movies and for for the benefit of who knows right so there's no I, there's no audience for this but they're hilarious like they were like it was like Terminator and it's like Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger is back or, or it's like <laughs> Terminator I'll be back and he is back Arnold Schwarzenegger that is in the sci fi thriller from the eighties <laughs> like he just like written these little like blurby one sentence things for nobody. And just like the dorkiest, daddiest, like thing I've ever seen okay. done by any human. Oh best.
2: my god! Were
0: they,
2: were they all like super, super like, hey, Sonny, looking for what you call or something? <laughs> just like this is, this is horse shit. But. No,
1: they, they, they were all selling it. So like okay. they, were, they were, they were all just like you know, gremlins. Mischief and mayhem run amok in the small town favor, favorite from the world of Joe Dante. Like they were all just these weird little like ad copy things. But they were like clearly like that one could actually be from something. And then there, there were like typos and, and misspellings and misusings of words. Like there was there was enough evidence that he had clearly sat and thought these up at some point. Oh, That's so glorious. It was real oh, funny. Oh my god. I'm I'm on good terms with her. I should see if I can get her to like scan me a couple pages of oh, them.
0: Oh please, please, please. Yeah.
1: We'll put that on the blog. Yeah. I, I just, Here, can I make your dad into an internet <laughs> idiot?
2: Into an internet <laughs> celebrity, Gary. Celebrity. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like a honey <laughs> boo-boo celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: I my, I would I would follow that guy's recommendations. That would be wonderful. My my
0: my, my career as a pet ant began when um, my my stepdad copied Mortal Kombat, but he spelled combat with a C. So I Ooh. went out with I went out with a sharpie and put a vertical line in front of the C to make it into a K.
1: That's uh, <laughs> important with Mortal Kombat, though. It is It's part of their entire. Uh, it's their brand. brand. It's part of the mythos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey guys, this is Cole. This last segment that we're about to do, uh, got a bit destroyed because Skype decided to uh, stop duplexing us. So whenever one of us talked the other one, uh, ended up not, uh, coming through, which is kind of sad because it's real funny. Uh, so I've salvaged what I can. Um, I apologize for any audio issues that are, uh, uh, present there, but I assure you what I cut out was actually a lot worse than that. So, uh, this is approaching the end of the episode. And if it annoys you, uh, I do not blame you for tuning away, but, uh, here we go. So, so the, the, that is the end of the schedule programming, but Tyler, you have brought something special for us, right?
2: In Dark Souls tradition, I thought that I'd share something that seems kind of fun and winds up being really painful.
0: <laughs> um,
2: as I mentioned in the show, my first exposure to Dark Souls was actually fan art. Um, before I knew exactly what the game was, before I had any interest in playing the game. And so in researching for the show, I was, I was looking up some of the fan art that I had seen before of like Sunny D. Sunbro and stuff like that. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's any fan fiction for this. And, and there is, and there is, <laughs> there is a doozy of one that I'm going to go ahead and, um read the first chapter of because you've you've stuck around this far why not <laughs> so i'm gonna go ahead and read this and then we'll have a bit of a we'll have a bit of a book club with gary cole and i and um they are in fact hearing this for the first time um it gets it gets a little crazy
1: so i, I will try to keep my penis in my pants
2: but when uh, it comes it's to fan fiction hard. i've it's already lost that game in both respects <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm, I, we're playing playing pod soggy cracker. Jesus, like across the potty cracker. Yeah, Yeah, okay. potty cracker. All
2: right. So this is by. Let's see if we have an author stamp on this. Sir him eleven, or maybe it's like Sir him.
0: Sirhan, Sir Han
2: Out of <laughs>
1: for What's my it? next trick, <laughs> for my next great tragedy, i
2: <laughs> And this is the chapter one kindled the bonfire maybe that no i think that's the name of the entire fiction it is multiple chapters <laughs> <Kindle> <laughs> that's the you tell you have a good book <laughs> chapter one there was a loud crashing sound and i stopped moving to it i glanced up to the trees oh i said seeing a large hairy tusked monster before me wow it swung its giant club so i back so i blocked it with my shield I was flung back and my arm made a snapping sound. But other than that, I was fine. After riding myself, I jumped forward and brought my sword, named Sveihander, down on the beast's leg. I felt the blade <laughs> penetrate as the monster's leg tightened to a knot. I tried to move away, but my shield was slowing me down. and My broken arm twisted in an awkward angle and more pain shot through me. With a mighty roar, the beast clubbed at me with its arm, knocking me over. I pushed myself to my feet seconds faster than the beast had time to regain his posture and swung Zvihander, which landed a blow on its forehead. <laughs> the blade rebounded off and sent me staggering back. The blow dazed the monster and it shook itself to clear its head, giving me enough time to catch my breath. The gargoyles would be in the air and out of reach by now after having heard all this roaring. I was so injured, and no doubt more of the hairy tusk things would come to investigate. I had to finish this swiftly or die again. The beast round with the club, taking my legs out from under me. The pain was terrible. I saw black spots in my vision and knew I was dying. I quickly pulled out and drained some of my Estus flask, which healed my worst wounds. Mm -hmm. The beast tried to stomp on me, but instead nailed its own foot on the spyhander. I like how was like, like, yeah, no, that's how the game works. <laughs> <laughs> on, yeah. All right, accurate so
0: far. This, 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 this is like like the Dragonlance Chronicles. This is just a couple of people like playing a D&D uh, campaign and writing fiction around
2: <laughs> Souls, the audiobook, welcome. welcome <laughs> it's about to get weird. I apologize so, for <laughs> interrupting. It fell with a boom and struggled to get back up. I note, I stood on numb legs and with both hands brought the might of the sword down into the demon's back. The sword penetrated, slicing through the thick hide. Another ear-splitting roar deafened me, and I was grabbed, then lifted up and thrown into a tree. I collided into it with a crack and felt my ribs break. I hit the forest floor on my back with a thump and tried to regain my breath, which didn't come because nothing was supporting my insides. Now I was dying. At least... (laughs) At least I could breathe without legs. (laughs) With the last... And I drew my Estes flask and drank. My stomach tried to gag the fluid out of me, but it had already performed its work. <laughs> I and lifted my tired and beat-up body into a ready position. I looked for a <laughs> but It was still stuck in the demon. I stumbled over to it and dodged its hands as I pulled out my sword. I then turned to the beast's head and began pounding it. The beast. Um, <laughs> White particles bled from the corpse and sluiced onto me. I could feel what remained of the monster's soul as it left this world. It had been terrifying and powerful, but now it was simply dead. I checked the forest canopy and the surrounding area. Nothing visible, but the crashing of feet coming towards me signaled the need for action. I could hear more than one set, so finding my bearings and getting back to Anor Londo would have to wait. I hefted Zweihander and began walking out of the area. The only reason I came here was to get rid of the gargoyles that harass Anne Arlando. They generally take sport in attacking anyone foolish enough to venture too close to the forest. Within the past few days, the flying monsters had raided settlements inside the city, which required action. (laughs) It looked like, no, that was just underlined. I thought it was a link to, like, a. (laughs) It's still.
1: What action is? (laughs) It required action.
2: (laughs) Cut away. Wikipedia defines action as. It had once been a thriving ancient metropolis and had only recently been cleared of the insane and demonic, so keeping it that way was vital. I gave a sigh and kept trudging forward. It seemed as if any trace of my prey ran cold and all evidence of any disturbance had disappeared. I believed my escape to be secured after the booming strides died away. A soft, creaking sound and whap. I let out a strangled yelp as something latched around my neck and cut off circulation. It threw me to my back, my own armor pulling me down, I attempted to cut the bonds around me, but my armor was too bulky to bend in the necessary direction. Ah bend there. The vines that ensnared my neck dragged me, if slowly, to a dark pit full of rustling plants. No, I refuse to be plant food. I will not. <laughs> <get> <laughs> No, its inner monologue with that an orange glow pulsed around the hand holding my sword lifting it a ball of fire flew into the pit where it exploded the vines writhed in pain and let me go i lifted myself back up and ran out of here oh it's getting close Ugh! Oh, like i said as i gulped for air i slowly pulled out my estes flask wincing at the moment which stretched my lacerated neck <laughs> uh. Taking the cork off the bottle, I drank the liquid inside. When it touched my lips, the yellow fluid burned with an orange-red fire and scorched. <laughs> 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 Mended my numerous cuts and gashes within a few minutes. Right, can't go back there, I said between coughs. <laughs> He's making this whole, like, every time he drinks this Estes flask really painful. It's yeah. a real love letter to Flasks. <laughs> like. The bruises would have to heal on their own, but after braving rotting villages and swamps, burning chaos and destruction, and magical atrocities that left more than physical wounds, I didn't mind. I stowed my flask and stepped through a thick layer of brush, this time a little more wary of my surroundings. I slowly but surely walked forward, trying to find a change in the scenery and spotted an opening in dense foliage. I stepped through the wall of trees and vines and ahead of me to see more. And ahead of me to see more than i anticipated all right that was weird the end of the forest bled out into a great plain full of grass trees and mountains finally time to find a bonfire i told myself <laughs> Nearby, i saw a road sign looking over a highway intersection i trudged up to the sign it read north to philadelphia south to stalingrad <laughs> <laughs> can you repeat that north to philadelphia south to stalingrad east to pomvil.
0: Uh, we're, we're getting we're, we're we're getting weird static here. Um, c- 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 can you repeat it once more?
2: North to Philadelphia, South to Stalingrad, east to Ponyville. The the last one is it, it, I I'm not yeah, I'm, I'm, just not, hearing I'm not
0: joking. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hearing blah. Um
2: crap. Hold on. Our connection's North dying. Yeah. The last one is the most important one. North to Philadelphia, South to Stalingrad, east to Ponyville.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> why?
1: Why, 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 why,
2: why, 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 <laughs> My head were built for a shorter person. I told myself, who would name an established community after an equine race? I picked my destination to be Ponyville. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 what do you want us to call you? I stood up and bowed slightly. I am Sir Lawrence of Anorlando. Orlando. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly name, the pink mare giggled. Pinky, said the violin horn as she faced <laughs> her hoofed. I turned to the pink mare. Your name is Pinky? She giggled. No, silly willy. I'm Pinky. I hope there are name any more. <sighs> but just Pinky would be out of the question. Pinkie Pie gestured towards the Rainbow Pony, and this is Rainbow Dash. Pinkie Pie pointed to the Violet Sorcerer, along with Twilight Sparkle, then to another Unicorn, Rarity, then moved to the Blonde Mare, Applejack, and then to the Wide-Eyed Quaking Pegasus, and Fluttershy, that's us. Outside the whole of the building, I could see more ponies coming out of their house of curiosity. When they saw me, they gasped comically and rushed inside. I came to the assumption that this land wasn't hit as hard as Lord Red, and with the undead. <laughs> Well, it's always good to find sentient living creatures. You all right, sugar cube? asked Applejack. My posture was giving me away and I quickly straightened myself. At least they were swift to make friends, even if the friend they refer to looks as bad as any demon. I'm fine. No need to worry, I told the six innocent fragile creatures. Where can I find a bonfire? And that is chapter one of thirteen. <laughs> oh, good night. Yeah. Real good night. Yeah that that
1: pony thing came out of nowhere oh my gosh also, also like cole i'm using my special mic stand called mic stand <laughs> like he does not realize that zweihander is not a proper name <laughs> like, it's just german for two-hander you dum-dum I, I don't
0: oh want to gosh. live on this planet
2: anymore oh i just like he gets really into describing that first battle yeah it's like oh this is this is all right and it's like oh they're ponies yeah it changes gears (laughs)
0: two two fan fiction um staples here the overly elaborate battle scene and also the ham-handed introduction of everybody and the entire like thing that they're stealing
1: Yeah. Um, yeah and and you know like i Last time we did some, we talked about fan fiction, like get, get anyone to read this and they'll make it better writing. But of course no one's going to read it except for us. Um, But like, you don't need to see spots in your vision. Like you don't need to have a yellow liquid burn with orangish, reddish fire. Like, come on, come on, edit, edit, edit. We need to get like Raymond Carver's editor on this and just chop it to fucking bits. Like this should be, this should be like a short story where it's like pink guy came home, had a drink. His wife was yelling. The baby was crying. He went out to his car. Like it, it needs to be like, direct into the to the bone.
0: Corm- Cormac McCarthy's Rainbow Dash, <laughs> all the pretty horses. I'm sorry, ponies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody appreciated that. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.